This is the Lost Start of Communication, hosted by Molly and Trisha. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lost Start of Communication podcast. Today, we are joined by Ali Melendez. She is a TV host and on-air mentor. We are very excited to get to know her and her story and hear what she has to share. So welcome, Ali. Oh my gosh. Thank you, ladies, for having me on. I'm so excited to join you today. It's, it's going to be exciting. All right. So first of all, we always like to ask our guests, just tell us, we actually did this with our last guest, but tell us a quick 60 second pitch of who you are, <laughs> what you're about. <laughs> I laugh because I'm the type of person who will say the whole story and then end with long story short, but I always long story. Um, okay. Yeah. So growing up, I love you're welcome to tell the long story too. That's fine. <laughs> I'm like, let me do the cliff notes version. Um, growing up, I, I was like obsessed with performing and being on stage. And I was like that theater kid. Um, and I realized, you know, I wanted to make a career out of that in some way, shape and form. Like I love the way it felt, but I wanted to do it as me. So I started exploring ways of getting into broadcasting and hosting and like what that that looked and felt like, um, because I didn't know anyone at the time who was in that space. So I started looking at colleges. I went to SUNY Oneonta, which is an upstate school here in New York, where I'm from. And I just did it. I got super, super involved in production, broadcasting, learned everything about, you know, being on camera, being behind the camera, all that stuff. And again, I'm such a proud nerd. So like I was in like a bunch of clubs, like getting all the hands-on experience. Um, and by the time I graduated, you know, I was, I feel like I was kind of in the right place at the right time. And I was super, super persistent. I'm someone who will just keep going after what I want until I get it. Um, and so I started my journey with the Long Island Nets as their in-game host. So basically that means, you know, when you go to a game in person, which thankfully now is happening more and more, you will see someone on the court just kind of going around, you know, getting the the energy up in the crowd and the t-shirt toss and facilitating contests and all of that stuff. And so it kind of lets me continue to perform, but as myself. And I think that is like my pride and joy. I love it so much. And from there, it's escalated into working with other New York sports teams um, and being on television, on Yes Network. I worked with ESPN. So all of that has it's been incredible. It's been an incredible journey, incredible experiences. I am so humbled and so grateful for every single opportunity that I get. And it's been a great journey so far. So it sounds like you're naturally a performer is what you said. And so you're comfortable being in front of a crowd and being in front of the camera. I'm just curious because a lot of people that doesn't come naturally to them. So did you have mm -hmm. any experiences growing up that you think shaped that, or you think this is just your innate personality? So that's such a great question because a lot of people will be like, you always have so much energy. You seem so comfortable. And that's something that I really had to work through um, because as much as I was the theater kid and I loved performing and everything, I also had a lot of anxiety. And I think kind of putting myself out there um, was more so for me than for anyone else to really see and feel my confidence. Um, and we'll talk about, you know, all confidence too, because that's a huge key that helps you to feel comfortable, obviously, when you're showing up in anything that you do. But I think that 
as comfortable as I am, I still get nervous. You know, I still have moments where I'm like, ooh, okay, deep breathing. And um, I actually don't want to veer too much off this question, but I actually had to go um, study yoga because I was so in love with it. But also yoga was something that helped me connect to my confidence, connect to my voice to show up as authentically and as energized as, as I do on a day to day. So, you know, being able to kind of tune into what my body needs and what my body feels, uh, and, and kind of just giving it what it needs in that moment before anything, before showing up and performing quote unquote. So an example of how I kind of get rid of the anxiety that still creeps up is I will never drink caffeine on a game night. So if I know I have to be at the arena at a certain time, I will not drink caffeine. I will usually try to get a workout in something where I'm sweating, something where I'm connecting my breath to my movement um, and kind of tapping into myself because that makes me feel like the best version of me. So that is something that I just do to alleviate anxiety, to alleviate nerves. Um, and I feel like no matter how experienced you get, especially as a broadcaster, you are going to get nervous and that's okay. The key is to channel that nervous energy into enthusiasm for the audience. Um, and those are just some ways that I do it is by just not drinking caffeine. I don't need it <laughs> personally. And by just getting movement, getting sweat in before a, a performance. I love that you said that for a few reasons, everything that you said. So I'm a speech coach and I work with people on public speaking and their anxiety. And there is such a common misconception that some people are just naturally quote unquote good at these things. So I'm happy mm -hmm. that you shared that you did struggle with anxiety and it's something that's a work in progress mm -hmm. because I find that people often get discouraged when they see someone who's a very talented performer or they think, oh, that person is just full of energy that comes easily to them and explaining that no, actually, it really doesn't come easily or naturally to anyone because humans are not designed to be put on the spot performing. If you think about biology and what we're wired for. Yeah. But I love those very practical tips, things like caffeine and connecting to your body, which sometimes can be overlooked. And people think, well, no, it's all in my head or I need to have a more, I don't know, the tangible solution. But that is very tangible. Right. And it's saying if your body is literally in a stress state, because you're drinking caffeine or because you haven't exercised or whatever the reason is, your performance is going to suffer. So we really appreciate yeah. you sharing all of that. Yeah, thank you. I mean, again, it's just being aware, right? And I think that having awareness around how you're going to show up as the best version of you and the steps you need to take to get to that um, is just so important in, in anything that we do. So yeah, just, just general awareness and tuning into what feels good and what you need in the moment. I think that ties a, a lot to thinking about being in the position that you're in, in sports arenas too, feeling that energy and knowing how your body's connecting to the energy and level of connection to the audience that you're working with. How do you find that you work with audiences, I guess? I think that is always so hard to feed off of that if you're having maybe a lull in the audience maybe they're not feeling it or maybe you know how do you how do you work with audiences yeah that's such a great question because you you want to always tune into like the energy of the space right and so you want to kind of vibe off of that otherwise it's just 
you know, it's weird for someone to just walk in and be like super high energy when you're just like, Oh, I'm not feeling that. And I'm feeling forced now, like be excited. Right. And so I always kind of check the scene, right? So how's everyone feeling? What did they need? What can I provide for them to make them feel uplifted and excited and energized and all that stuff? Um, because sometimes some fans are right off the bat, they have that. And I'm like, Ooh, okay. I'm in, I feel it, you know? Um, and then sometimes they might need a little bit more. So on nights where that might be the case, um, which isn't often at all, but I'll always kind of do my best to get them involved as much as possible. So like, Hey, section, you know, 101, let's, let's, who's the loudest section 101 or section 102. Right. So now it's like, I'm kind of forcing them as a collective to, to be a part of the game even more. And it's when they feel like they're inclusive and included in that experience that they always, always get more energized and always more engaged. Um, and so I'll start off the night with like something like that if I feel like they need it. But just reading the room is is super important. Um, and just knowing knowing your audience, you know, as a broadcaster, knowing your audience and who are you who are you speaking to? Because at the end of the day, you're speaking to them and you're serving them. And so you really want to tap into what they need to hear and feel in that moment. That's so important. Is definitely recognizing the energy in the room. I'm curious. How do you handle it if, let's say, you're having a low energy day? And of course, you can do all the things to get into in alignment with how you want to perform. But we all have days where maybe you don't feel like being in front of an audience and you're the one who has to kind of push yourself. So do you have any <laughs> strategies that you use in those sorts of scenarios? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> like we are all human. And as much as I feel like I'm the energizer bunny, sometimes it's just, I am not in the mood to go talk to thousands of people. However, it is my job. And I do feel that fortunately, the moment that I'm in that space, I genuinely connect to, to their energy. Like I genuinely feel uplifted because they're excited to be there. And so I'm excited to be there. Even if I walked into the space feeling like, Oh, I'm tired today, or, you know, I'm really not on my game today. Um, I almost always naturally feel picked up because of them and because of the game experience. Um, but I still do a lot of things before the game too. So when I need to pick myself up, I have a playlist that I'll listen to, um, or a funny podcast. Um, I'm obsessed with like, like crime junkies and like murder mystery podcasts too, like all of those things. So like, even though I love them, I know when not to listen to them. <laughs> like I'll listen to more upbeat things and, and like, you know, dance music and things that really put me in that energy and that alignment. Um, and then I also focus on my breath, right? So I get super grounded again, coming back to that awareness of it's okay that I'm feeling this way. Like I am feeling tired. I am feeling like not my usual energized self, but that also isn't defining me. You know, those are just emotions and feelings that I'm experiencing and I'm able to kind of connect my breath so that I can push them to the side momentarily get out of my own way so that I can try to feel like, okay, this is what the crowd needs. And this is what I need for myself tonight, just to feel better. And again, I always, always do. Um, there's something about being in that space that, I mean, I guess this is why I'm, I'm meant to do this, but there's something about being in that space that just always lights me up. And so, um, I know that nine times out of 10, if I'm feeling crappy, 
I know that going will actually help me, which is something that like I look forward to, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I don't really want to do it. But I know that the end, it's like a good workout. You don't really want to do it, but you know, you feel so good at the end of it. So you just push through it and, and it all works out in the end. Yeah, that memory of like reminding yourself what the experience is like before you go into, I find is super helpful. I'm a kickboxing instructor and sometimes there's days when I'm very low energy and I'm like, I cannot bring it today at all. But then I just think back into the classes that I have had that I've had a lot of energy. And then once I, we're doing it all virtual right now, but once I log into that Zoom meeting, I'm like, oh yes, okay, there's humans here. There's the energy there. Um, but I also really like what you said about bringing it back to your breath. And obviously I've heard you say that a lot and in a good way and thinking about how we're connecting with our bodies. And I think society now is understanding the importance of that more. How do you think, so, well, first of all, are you like a yoga instructor or are you just a yoga? I actually am. Yeah, (laughs) I actually am. I'm actually a certified yoga and group fitness instructor. Um, And I'll tie it back to a quick story. So because I was kind of dealing with anxiety and also the, you know, energy of wanting to be a performer, I channeled a lot of clarity through fitness. So it was a huge part of my life growing up to be a runner. Like I was always in track. I was always in in dance gymnastics, doing something with my energy because every single time I work out and sweat and focus on me and come back to my breath, I noticed the anxiety wash away. And so, well, I can't say it's that easy. Obviously everybody is different, but for me, I'm able to deal with it better when I'm being active and living an active lifestyle. So I, kind of felt like, you know, to be the best version of me, to be the best broadcaster that I could be, I need to also make sure that I'm giving myself enough time to really dive into the world of fitness, which is another thing that I've always had a personal passion for. Um, And it's kind of similar in the sense where you're, you know, speaking to an audience, quote unquote, and you're impacting them and you're energizing them and you're making them feel good. And that's how I always felt after leaving a workout class. Like that's how it was. The instructor always made me feel that way. And so if I could do that for thousands of people, I would love to do it in a personal setting, you know, where I'm just impacting five, 10 people even, and and making them feel good and making their day. So they're kind of similar in that sense. And because I had that equal passion for fitness, but never wanted to make it a full-time career, I was like, let me just kind of let me just kind of plan around my broadcasting career and pick up a few shifts. So yeah, I actually went to Bali. I studied yoga, which was something I was always very interested in. And I was like, screw it. I now's my opportunity to get certified in a place that is gorgeous that I might never be able to visit again. And so I saved up. I went to Bali. I got my yoga teacher training uh, certification, which was such an amazing thing for me to do, you know, knowing that I now have that outlet. And even if it's just for myself, even if I don't teach, I know how to. And um, that just makes me feel really, really good. And then also, sorry, this construction. And then also um, the group fitness thing just kind of came right after because I was like running so quickly with this you know, oh, fitness, what else can I get? Certifications. I love learning, right? Like I'm a nerd. What else can I do? And so I I did that, I think just for me after, Um, but it ended up allowing me to teach at Row House, which is this awesome, awesome. I think it's all over. It is all over the nation actually, but it's this incredible um, 
indoor studio, indoor rowing studio, where it's almost like soul cycle in a sense where you're connecting to a message and, you know, cool music and all that stuff. But unlike the bike, the erg, you know, the rower is way more inclusive. It's, um, you know, non-weight bearing, it's, it's all that good stuff. So I felt like, again, that was a community that I could impact, that I could be a part of. And also I can get paid to work out, which is something that I want to do anyway. And so why not, you know, make money and make an impact at the same time. So that is not something I often talk about because it's not, it's confusing, you know, having all these jobs to, to people who are just meeting me for the first time. They're like, wait, I thought you did this. And I thought you did this. And it's hard to stand out if you, if you are someone who wears a bunch of hats, I find, unfortunately, you know, it's hard to be credible for one thing when you do like a thousand things. So as much as I love it, I think that the fitness stuff I do really for me really for my anxiety. And, uh, and if it helps me to become a better broadcaster and a better mentor, then yeah, that's great. Hopefully it, it continues to feed into that. Yeah, that's awesome. So everything you're talking about, you know, working these sports games and group fitness classes obviously has shifted in the past year since we've had a pandemic. So what does life Mm -hmm. look like for you these days? How have you pivoted to the virtual world or what are you up to now? Oh my God. Yeah. For everyone. Right. I mean, it's just, I am so blessed right now. I'm feeling so grateful that sports are coming back and, you know, it is limited capacity for everywhere here in New York, but the team's, are playing and there's fans coming. And that's so exciting to me because it just gives me hope that, yeah, right now it's limited capacity, but the more people we let in, the more, you know, people that get vaccinated if they choose to do so, like that's helpful towards just a, a bigger, better, normal, quote unquote, future. So Luckily, right now, I'm at a place where I'm starting to get super busy again. And I'm like, oh, okay, (laughs) this is all coming out at once, you know, like all of a sudden, you know, Row House opened back up again. And then I got picked up by um, the New York Red Bulls MLS team. And, you know, they were looking for an in-game host for their limited capacity right now. And I was just like, this is amazing. But it took over a full year, you know, to get back to this point. So in that time, I was kind of just teaching fitness classes through Zoom, just again, for myself, just to be able to connect with people, to be able to um, get rid of any anxiety, especially at the beginning of COVID when none of us had any idea how long it was going to be for and, you know, what exactly was going on. So I did that a lot for me and it was mostly like my friends and stuff. Um, And then as far as business, it was hard, you know, no sports team, no one was doing anything, nothing was open. So I realized, you know, I I had a lot of time to reflect, obviously. And I, I realized that part of the reason I started this is, yes, I love performing. Yes, I love, you know, speaking with a crowd, but it's, it's comes down to the genuine connection with humans and being able to um, almost like tell a story right through through a game just to get them excited and to get them to feel good and it's it's always coming back to I do everything that I do because I want to connect with people because I want to impact them to feel good and when I realized that was my why for every for doing everything that I do I realized that there you know, are so many different outlets that I can, I can continue to, to make an impact, continue to connect with people in this space, in this uh, time that I had with COVID. 
So I started to, my mom's a teacher and she's also my best friend and, and my role model. And she's like my biggest cheerleader. So I've always admired teachers, you know, and I, I've always been very interested in, in mentoring. And I, I've said that if I didn't go into that, I probably would be a teacher because again, I can connect and impact students. So I decided to start the On Air Institute, which is a course that is unlike anything else out there because it is very specific and very niche for aspiring broadcasters. So I took a look at, you know, what did I need coming out of college, right? I had all those clubs, like I mentioned earlier, that I was involved in. I had, you know, all the credits, all the experience, right, that I can possibly get in, in college. But I didn't really have that strong mentor to kind of be like, hey, here's where you need to go next and here's who you should speak to and here's where you should apply. Um, because so often, like, we think we know what, what to do next, but we don't really know where to start unless someone's kind of pointing us in that direction. And so I'm someone who will help people get to the direction they want to be and help them get there. So, for example, like a lot of these students that I have my demographic is typically um, students in college all the way up to mid-30s, someone who's just looking to even just make a podcast, right? Someone who's just like, I really want to create this digital show. I don't know where to start. I didn't study that. I studied sales. And I'm like, no problem. <laughs> here's where we can do. Um, here's where we can start. So, so it's a 12-week course. It is all people of all different backgrounds and with all different goals. And essentially we make a demo reel together, which is basically a portfolio of you showcasing your best on air um, clips. And, you know, if you want to get into radio, like, great, I've been on radio. I can help you do that. If you want to get into podcasting, great. I have experience with that. I'll help you there. You want to get into TV hosting, live event hosting, right? So I kind of took all the experience that I had, all the connections that I've made along the, uh, along the years. And I just created a course out of what I felt I needed to become super successful in that moment. And that's what I teach. And I have amazing guest speakers from all parts of the industry come in and also co-teach with me. Um, and basically, we just work on confidence, we work on mindset, and then we work on getting yourself out there. And um, it is such a beautiful process, a beautiful journey for all of my students because they all grow in so many different ways, you know, and it's like one of them... She just wanted to show up confidently in her Zoom conference calls. She's like, I don't want to be a broadcaster. I just want to show up when I'm hosting, you know, hosting, quote unquote, these Zoom calls. Like, and that's, that's something that we never had to think about really before, but now everything's digital. So, you know, you don't have to necessarily be wanting to be on Fox 5. You might just have an interest in how you can show up more confidently and use your voice um, to be more persuasive in your Zoom calls. And if that's the case, then have a conversation with me. I, I'm, that's what I do. I want to help. I want to mentor. I want to connect and I want to impact. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. I think that last point is so important because people tend to think, oh, well, I don't really do public speaking or in your case, like I don't need to be a broadcaster, but learning these skills helps with, yes, your work communications, virtual communications, but yeah. also social anxiety. If I meet someone that has bad social anxiety, the biggest recommendation you can give is take a public speaking course or a broadcasting course or something that will increase your confidence and help you use your voice, like you said, and get more comfortable in front of a crowd. So is your course private? Do you teach people individually or is it a group course? Yeah. So there's two ways. The Honor Institute is a group course and I love it because 
it's kind of like being, you know, in that community feel that I wanted to create. It's like, you can be surrounded by people who are like-minded. So that was a big thing for me coming out. Like I mentioned earlier, coming out of college and not knowing where to go. I didn't have someone close to me that was in the broadcasting space. I had no idea who I could really turn to. So knowing that all of them are in it together and in it to support like-minded goals and um, kind of be in the same space, that is so amazing. And so I love that it, it is a group course and I love it because it's a group course and because you make so many connections and so many friends um, with people who only want the best for you and only want to see you succeed. Um, and so it, yeah, it's 12 weeks, enough time to have a lesson, a new lesson plan every week um, and implement that. And then we have a weekly Zoom call and then we also have a private Facebook group so we can talk to each other every single day. And I love seeing when they just, you know, they're like tag each other in things. They're like, Hey, this listing, you know, this um, job application just came out, you should apply or whatever. And, and they're thinking about each other, you know, and it's like, now it's just this, this amazing, inspiring, uplifting community of like-minded individuals in the broadcasting space. And it is so, so beautiful to see that, like, I'm just, I'm just kind of piecing people together and, and they're the ones doing the work. So it's really, it's really awesome. I love it so much, but there are also ways to work with me one-on-one. -on -one. So if you're more advanced in your career or you already have a demo reel and you're kind of just looking to um, make stronger connections in the industry with more specific places, then yes, like that's something that I do too and have done with people just one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and I love that equally, you know, and I, I just, I'm so, I'm so lit up by the stuff that, that I do, the work that I do and the people that I work with. So yeah, I have both. Um, but my main thing is the 12 week course. That's where a lot of my time and energy goes. I think it's so important to create that community among the people in your course too, because right now, obviously connection is coming back. Thank goodness. But that has been really hard during COVID and to create that community of people, like you said, who just want the best for each other is so key and probably more helpful than you know that they probably tell you. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Um, but one of my thoughts that you sparked in my brain when you were talking was about how a lot of the spaces you fill are on screens, even pre-COVID. There's TV and like you were saying, podcasting or not even a screen, but just voices on radio. Um, I don't want to make you give away any tips that you would give away <laughs> in your course, but okay. <laughs> thinking about being on just a screen, how, what kind of tips do you have for conveying that connection and personality and energy through a screen or just a voice even? Well, here's the first thing I always, always say, just do it. Take that messy action because so many people stop themselves being like, I don't have the technology. I don't know how to edit, you know, all these things. And it's like, if you just start to take the action, just start to film yourself every day, like a little tidbit, like, hey, my mantra of the day is, right? And play it back for yourself. And then take note on, oh, okay, I could have maybe mm, changed my diction a little bit more. I could have enunciated this differently. Or mm, I don't really like the way that I was slouching in this shot. Like, I'll try it again where I'm sitting up with a nice power posture. Um, or, oh, I could have paused, you know, we notice these things when we start to take action and we, we get better the more that we put ourselves out there, the more that we do it. So the first thing first is, is take that messy 
action. It doesn't have to be perfect. Perfection is so often, you know, it stops us from actually putting ourselves out there because we keep waiting for like this perfect time or, you know, this perfect opportunity. And it's like, there is no such thing as the perfect time. This is light. Life is messy. Life is raw. And so you have to kind of be able to, to make it work for you in the moment. And so taking that action, starting to show up, starting to recognize the things about you that maybe, oh, you love on camera, or maybe you want to change, right? So having that awareness, that initial awareness, I think is very, very important when you're just beginning. And after that, I would say, just do your research. Like who inspires you? You know, is there a certain broadcaster that you want to have a job like them or you want to like sound like them, you know, and not, not the voice obviously always sound like you, but you like their diction, for example. So, you know, take notes of what you like and, and what you don't like and just practice that. And the more that you do it, the more you take the action and practice and put in the work, the better that you will become. And obviously, doing the work alone is amazing, but having a mentor who can kind of help you and hold you accountable so that you're not like, keep waiting for that perfect time. That is, that is so, so important. I think to have both is really honestly guaranteed for you to grow and become successful. And I think surrounding yourself with like-minded people is also extremely, extremely important, which is such a beautiful thing about social media is it's free. It's a free networking platform. You know, like you can just look up a hashtag broadcaster and broadcaster New York and, you know, and you start to connect with people and just reach out to them and be like, I love your journey. Or, you know, you're, you're the way that you show up on camera is the way that I want to show up on camera. Like nobody will dismiss a compliment. <laughs> nobody will dismiss someone coming to them for advice, at least not in my opinion, I don't. So, you know, use social media as a tool to grow your network, to grow your connections, to learn, um, because it's out there and there's so much good that can come with it. And, uh, and once you start taking the action, it's, it's going to just keep propelling you forward. Love all of that, especially the the actionable tips of film yourself and watch it and mm -hmm. do the work every day. And I'm a huge proponent of small steps, which lead to big gains over time, but they can also help people kind of ease into something as opposed to just, okay, tomorrow I'm going to make my demo reel. So all of that is great. I could talk to you about this for days, honestly. I know, me too. <laughs> I love but that. as a final tip, we always like to end each episode with a tangible takeaway for our listeners. Obviously you just gave a few, but if there's one thing that you feel people can do to improve their communication or improve their lives in some way, what would that be? This is probably not going to resonate with everyone at first, but it is going back to those power postures. Like I said before, if you start to just hold yourself up high, like roll your shoulders down and back, like don't have a hunch, sit up nice and tall, open your chest, right? All the things that I would cue in yoga. But if you really start to sit up as this person and, and act tall and act confident, you will genuinely start to feel confident. You will genuinely start to feel like this kind of successful version of you. And so it takes small changes. Like you mentioned, Trisha, just, just those little, those little tangible things that you can do to start to feel confident in your day to day. And the moment that you, you do that and you just kind of start to own your space with your posture and, and your body language, 
is the moment that you start to advance, not advance, but you start to work on your confidence. You start to sharpen that skill because again, confidence to me, it's not something you're born with. Like so many people are like, Oh, I just don't have it. That's okay. (laughs) Not a lot of people do. It's a skill. It's something we have to sharpen and, and practice over time that then becomes better. And so when you start with those power postures and just owning your space and being aware of that, you start to feel like this, like the super confident version of you and in all that you do. So start small with your body language. And I think that that says a lot about how you, you feel. I remember back in the day, there was that video of that little girl who like gave affirmations to herself in the mirror. Do you remember that? She was like on the bathroom counter and she was like, I am awesome. And her arms were up and she was doing that. That is going to be my future children. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I pictured when you were saying that um, takeaway. So super appreciate all of the information you gave us today, Allie. I think while not everyone who listens to our podcast is planning on being a broadcaster, obviously, I think a lot of the tips that you gave resonate and are applicable for all of us right now, especially communicating digitally and just being humans, connecting with people. So thank you so much for coming on. It's been so helpful. So my gosh, thank you so much for having me. It's amazing. Of course. So for the aspiring broadcasters or anyone looking to improve their confidence and speaking abilities, where can they find you and your course? Yeah, thank you. Okay. So I, like I said, a thousand times, you're probably tired of hearing this at this point, but I love to connect. So if you are on social media, like that is a perfect platform for us to connect. I'm on Instagram a lot. So it's at Ali.Melendez. You could honestly shoot me a DM um, or you can just, if you're like, yeah, I'm feeling called to this right away, sign me up or whatever. You can go to the link in my bio, schedule a free clarity call. And then of course we can go over your goals and see if it's a good fit. Otherwise, my website is AliMelendez.com and you can get any background information on me um, and my personal experience in the broadcasting industry, as well as everything you can look forward to if you decide to join the Honor Institute. One thing I'll say too, Allie mentioned that the work she does lights her up and I can literally say she is glowing, especially when you were talking, Allie, about those specific things. It was just like, you can (laughs) tell you're very passionate about what you do. So highly recommend check out Allie's website and Instagram and social media, which we'll link all of in the show notes. But thank you very much for chatting with us and thank you all for listening. Thank you so much.